Welcome to Growing His Word. God bless you guys, man. What a radical day we're going to have today, this morning. Father, we come before you, Lord. We ask that you lead this sermon today, Lord, in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if I talk too fast, I'm sorry I'm excited. Because Revelation 17 is the fall of a, of a religious Babylon. And today we can compare this to our society. We're living in a spiritual uh, religious Babylon today. And we see from last week how the angels, and we're not going to be here. Believers, we're not going to be here. We're going to be raptured. We're going to be caught up. This isn't, This from now on doesn't work. It doesn't have nothing to do with us. Listen, I'm sorry, but I'm excited. Look, listen, Revelation 17 is radical because it talks about the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. But if we go back, we go to Revelation 16, and it talks about where God summons the angels, and he poured out his bowls of wrath uh, on the earth. Okay? And... That was the uh, go, the third woe. Remember the third woe, woe the third woe in Revelation uh, 11, uh, chapter eleven, verse fourteen, and we see the uh, the uh, what's going on is the seven angels came forward and they administered the seven plagues, and it was crazy, <laughs> and God was pouring out His wrath upon the earth. We had the first actual Lotham sores. This was the first bowl of judgment. The first was the uh, poured out the bowl upon the earth and the foul and loathsome, loathsome sores came upon the man who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. We talked about that. And we talked about the destruction upon man if they received this mark in the end. And that's the system. I want to make this clear to you. It's a religious system. Spiritually. We see it. And I don't want you to be afraid of Revelation because it's a love letter. Angels came to John on the island of Patmos and they gave John this letter because this letter is about Christ's love for the church. We talked about the bad churches that would come out and they would they would try to destroy others. And God said, I would separate the wheats and the tares. Listen, we talked about the, the, the second ball how the sea turns to blood. We talked about how it could possibly happen when the angel poured out his bowl on the sea. And so we see in the end, the, uh, you know, we're not there yet. A lot of believers are like, man, we're, oh, it's, it's going to happen tomorrow. I don't want to, I don't want to hear the, the fear. I, I don't want to live my life in terror of the end. Because Christ says to be ready in season and out. Not to be afraid, but be afraid of his coming, yes. But not to be, you know, be fear and trembling of him. Not not what he's, you know, I mean, I don't want to live my life scaring people into the arms of Jesus. And then in the end saying, oh, it's, don't worry. If you're a believer, it's, it's just going to be all right. Because that's not the way it works, man. At least not for me. We're family. And believers, if we're family, we tell each other the truth. And with Christ in us, we have to tell the truth. Revelation is a unique book. And as we go through the fourth 
bowls of judgment on the earth. We're going to see how God, you know, the pain's there, that darkens the pain. And the, But we went to the sixth bowl was the Euphrates. Now, remember this. Remember this because it's very important because as we go into Revelation 17, we see in chapter 16, verse 19, it says, Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the city of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God, comma, to give her the cup of, wine, of the wine of the, for, of, the, of the fierceness of his wrath. Listen. It's a period right there. He's going to start his punishment. Verse 20 then says, Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not, were not found. And the great hail from heaven fell upon men, and each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. Since that plague was exceedingly great, they were very upset. You think your cars are getting damaged by hail damage now? Wait till it really happens. That's what you should be really afraid of. Listen, believers, Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting life. Then remember this. I'm going to preach the Lord in me, but I want to preach his love and his mercy and his justness. I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> it, to me now, I just made it up. How about that? It's justice. Look, God is in love with you. And I'm telling you, we don't got to wake up scared. And I'm going to teach the Holy Spirit in me about the radical times we're living in. Listen, listen. I'm excited and you should be excited because when I show you what's going on, you're going to say, wow, Revelation 17 is the fall of religious Babylon. Okay, the concept of Babylon. Listen, Revelation chapter 16, 19, like I just read, and earlier, in 14, verse 8, have already declared Babylon's fall. So in Revelation 17 and 18, the fall of Babylon is carefully detailed. Babylon basically is mentioned 287 times in the scripture, more than any other city except for Jerusalem. Now, Babylon was a literal city on the Euphrates River. Because remember, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 and 10 shows that right after the flood, Babylon was the sea of the civilization that expressed the organized hostility to God. We see a comparison. Now we're, now we're entering into a chapter 17, which is a system. It is a spiritual system. It is a religious Babylon, I'm sorry, a religious Babylon system that God is going to judge. And some scholars say that in chapter 18, where the Babylon, you know, commercial, it's good, 18 would, is, is going to be a commercial Babylon, which is destroyed later. But chapter 18 is where the city of Babylon, it talks about it's going to be on the Euphrates, that's Iraq, we know. And you're going to see a lot of pastors think that that's where it's going to be rebuilt. Will, the question is, Babylon be rebuilt? And the answer to that is more than likely, yes. It is a, it is a Babylon satanic commercial center, which will be built there. And years ago, Japan had a, uh, stake in redoing technolo technologically 
a system there where they were going to rebuild the city, but I, then we had the war with, uh, you know, the Iraqi war with the United States. Listen, believers, let's, let's get on with this. Verse, verse 1 of, of Revelation 17 says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot, who sits on many waters, with whom the king of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Look, believers, we're there. Spiritually, we're there, man. I hate to say it, but look around. It's on TV now. It's on every commercial. Years ago, it started with uh, you know, a burger company with a woman on a car and the water was all wet and this and that and blah, blah, blah. We've seen the, you know, We've seen the commercials where the woman was eating a burger in high heels and thongs. And she's saying, oh, how, you know, while this stupid sauce is running all the way down on the floor and she's licking her lips. I mean, oh, that's real nice for children to see. Remember children, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're developing their mind for the first five years when I was in college. You know, child psychology, I remember that, you know, during the first five years. You got to do your best. And so Satan is now pushing on this, this agenda on TV, on, on the internet, on websites, on, on, on things that we don't need to go to, believers. It's spiritual. And we need to be in our word. We need to be on the Lord's eyes, man. We need to be thinking like Jesus, acting like Jesus. Yes, we're all blow it. I'm a blow it. I say bad words once in a while. Woo! Burn me at the stake. But you know, I repent. Wow, you do? Look, I don't I don't have a 501c3. I don't want your money. I don't take money. I preach God's word because I love Jesus and I love you guys. I do it because I have a passion. For the Lord. God says, stay busy, stay occupied while, while you're about my business. Stay busy until I come back. We need to stay busy. Look, listen. To those people that are familiar with the Old Testament, the name Babylon is associated with an organized idolatry, man. It's blasphemy and it's persecution of God's people. That's what we see today. You ever see the Coptics? The Egyptian Christians in Egypt? Not too far ago, years ago, they were getting slaughtered for nothing because they were Christians. You'll see them. They speak Arabic and they have crosses on them, tattooed. They have beautiful churches. They love Jesus and they're persecuted. We gotta stop it. But this was the idea back then in John's day. Rome optimized all the uh, antagonism and the and the opposition to the Christian faith. Basically, Rome was the clearest fulfillment of the Babylon attitude. If we had to pick one city today, the most exemplifies the world system, perhaps. We'd probably say that Los Angeles is the Babylon today. <laughs> look at it. I mean, I love you guys. I love LA, but look around. 
It's, it's bad. Nobody cares. You see this. It says, Then one of the seven angels who came to me on the bowl, uh, had seven bowls, verse chapter 17, came and talked with me, saying to come to me, I will show you the judgment of the great hearted who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. People are drunk. They're drunk in their, in their sexual sins. They're drunk in the wine of it. They're spiritually taken and moved away from Christ. It's a concept of Babylon. It's, it's greater than Revelation 17 and 18. And the Antichrist's reign, basically, he's the one making this happen. The Bible says that the Antichrist is here now. So here we are. He's got them fornicating and the inhabitants of the earth. They're drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit. It's spiritual. You see, he carried me away in the spirit. Verse 3 of 17. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. You're thinking, uh-oh, let's blame the woman again. Remember, remember Adam and Eve? <laughs> no. It's spiritual. Babylon, here we have a spiritual system. Satan wants to move you away from Christ. It's, it's a world system. But under the Antichrist, Babylon, is, in, in both its religious and commercial aspects, they're going to have influence over the earth as never before. And we see it. They're gonna, he's, he's using the media. He's using the TV. He's using non-believers. He's using... Uh, things that, anything that could get us away from the eyes of Jesus Christ, from, our, from keeping our eyes off the prize, Jesus. Babylon is here today. We're living in it, spiritually. But in chapter 18, they're going to build it physically. And it's going to be in Iraq. <laughs> because it points to it. Listen, Satan wants us to take our eyes off the prize. You know, Jesus has testified to the churches, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, and the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they have, they have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gate into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices lies. Wow. That's Revelation 22. You see? That's the end. He says, blessed are those who do his commandments. He said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you that these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star and the spirit and the bride. Say, come, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts, come, who desires, let him take the water of life freely. Because Jesus Christ loves us. It's like the woman at the well. She was a harlot and Jesus gave her the water. She was thirsty. Thirsty for Jesus to fill her void because she was running around with too many men and Jesus 
filled her void. He said, take my water. Drink of my water at the well. You'll never thirst again. Listen, believers, non-believers, are you thirsty? Jesus wants to fill your cup. He says it, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. And if anything, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. It goes on. He says, I'm coming. Believers, Jesus doesn't want us to worry. He wants us to get ready. He doesn't want us to, oh, look at this article. Look at that article. I mean, he doesn't want to scare us, man. It's not about being scared. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ and remembering that he's coming. And there's signs, yes. But remember that Christ has a plan. And we're living in a spiritual Babylon right now. It's almost like Satan's using that Babylon system back then in the old times to repeat it spiritually because he can't physically do it yet. But when he does, woo, this religious system, wow. It came into being long before Christianity, but in the satanic imitation Okay, it anticipated the coming of the true Messiah. And so according to the religious history and the legend, the Babylon religion was founded by the wife of Nimrod. Okay, the great grandson of Noah. And so basically <clears throat> the high priest, it was all idol worship. And she gave birth to a son who was claimed, who claimed and was conceived miraculously, the son named uh, Tammuz. Now, he was considered the savior in many ancient Artifacts remain with the with the with the familiar motif of the mother. So it goes on to prove that this evil system back then was connected to Baal. That was the the demon, the Babylonian demon. Listen, believers, Satan's going to use this system, and the Bible makes specific mention of some of the features of the classic religion of Babylon. It's Ezekiel. He protests against the ceremony of the weeping. Of the, of the Tammuz in Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 14. Oh yeah, I've done my math, believers. Listen. Jeremiah mentions the heathen practice of making cakes for the queen of heaven. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 18. In the, offspring, in the offering incense of the queen of heaven. Jeremiah 44 verse 17. She's sitting on many waters. Babylon, many waters. She presides, she presides over many nations. Revelation 17, 15. She has a universal international character. This is a unification of a false idolatrous, idolatrous religion. Which honestly represents the apostate Catholicism. <laughs> I mean, we see. We see it. The woman's, the woman is a, uh, it's a false religion, you know, and that will dominate the world in the tribulation period. And we believers got to be ready because many people like to identify this great harlot with the Roman Catholic church, but false religion is not limited to any one church. It can be anywhere. But we got to be ready.
we see verse 3 where she carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of the names of blasphemy having the seven heads and ten horns. You see? It's judgment. John is carried away into the wilderness. The desolate nature of the wilderness is an appropriate setting for the vision of the judgment. Basically, the seven heads... Listen to this, believers. The, 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 the harlot rides the same beast, seven heads and ten horns. This was in Revelation 13, 1, the Antichrist and his dictatorship. And basically her position, that of riding the beast, indicates one, on the one hand that she's supported by the political power of the beast. And on the other hand, she's she is in, in a dominant role and, and at least outwardly controls and directs the beast like that. So her association with the blasphemy and the dragon's beast are clearly seen from God's perspective, but to the people of the earth, she'll, be, she'll look like religious and have the faith everybody wants. You see? This is what I'm talking about, believers. It's spiritually, metaphorically, but we gotta be ready because Satan wants to, in spite of her glamour, she's nothing but a prostitute that wants to lead you away. And basically, we got to be ready because the mystery of Babylon the Great, I mean, we see what the devil's doing. He wants to separate us. Listen, believers, we're only going to get to verse 3. I'm sorry. Today's... <laughs> <clears throat> I, I haven't even got to the outline yet, believers, because it's so it's so radical. It's so spiritually, but it's so real. Look at what we see today on the TV. Look at what our kids are being taught in the schools. Look at what the politicians are teaching. Oh, don't say that. I can say whatever I want. I don't have a 501c3. I'm not a church. And I don't want your donations. <laughs> Repent, you rotten political system. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, you nasty politicians. Repent, you abortion clinics. Repent. God should judge this world alone for the abortions that have been done in this world for the last, since it started. Listen, God is, but he's so merciful and he's so loving and he's so, he's so radically in love with you. He doesn't want to do that. He wants you to stop and repent. Believers, the spiritual heart Harlotry. The title itself is an abomination. The woman is the devil. Not women. Not women. I don't want to get an email saying, hey, my wife's the devil. No. The woman in this verse, the beast, the scarlet woman, is a prostitute, spiritually prostitute. She's trying to lead you astray to take you away from Jesus Christ. Whether it's booze, whether it's marijuana, whether it's drugs, whether it's breaking the law, cheating, stealing, lying, killing, whatever sin you commit and keep doing it, God, she wants to take you away from Christ. She doesn't want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. She is a he, if it makes sense to you. Because he, the devil is using this she spiritually, metaphorically. 
You're not going to be seeing some flapping dragons around the town, like dragon tails. You're not going to see this. We're talking spiritual, man. We're talking a spiritual, physical life when you're following Christ. We're seeing a destruction upon this world, and it's a global problem, and we see it. We see the blood of martyrs coming in this. But it says, he carried me away to the spirit. Listen, listen to this. And of course she had the names. She's going to fill everybody. She's going to fool everybody. And I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having the seven heads and the ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adored with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations, filthiness of fornication, and on her forehead was the name written, Mystery of Babylon the Great, Mother of all Harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. Basically, she got you, not you, the non-believer. We have to, we have to be careful. The mystery here. If your name's not written in the, la- in the life, in the Lamb's Book of Life, you will not be, you will be judged. We're all going to be judged, but this is pretty much the beast that you saw was. But it says, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs and of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. You see, but the angel said to me, why did you laugh? Why did you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to the perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the the books of life, the, the book of life from the foundation of the world. And when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is, and this is what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to explain. We're going to explain the seven heads because they a lot of people associate with the seven mountains with Rome and the papacy from Rome. And yet, literally, the Greek word means mountain, not hills. But many commentators. We're going to talk about the commentators and the no, the, all the noaders and and whatever it is. But we're going to talk about what Revelation seventeen talks about next week. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time, Lord. Oh, what a radical time we had today. Lord, we're running out of time, Lord. And I can go on and on and on, but Lord, we know our time is limited online. So we thank you for that, Father. We ask that you bless the non-believers in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, believers, God bless you guys, man. And you know this, man, listen. Rome will be mentioned because Rome is one of them. Rome is one of them. So, but we'll talk about that next week. Listen, you guys out there, don't worry about what's going on, man, with, with, with the fear and this and that. God loves you, man, and he wants to know who you are. So listen, you non-believers, come to know him because it's fun. Don't worry. Submit. Jesus wants to know you, man, and he wants to be your father, and he wants to bless you. Come to him. Come to him and repent and say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord. Father, I need you, Lord. And he'll come. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. And I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Just pray that prayer. If you do, you're going to heaven. You'll live forever. 
and God will start a relationship with you. And listen, if you log on to my website, you'll find out that on my website, I have a lot of information for believers and non-believers. You can print out stuff for Bible studies. You can print out what things mean and what I wrote on how the Trinity and trials and persecution and what to do, man. So get on there, man, and check it out, man. God loves you guys, and, and I love you too. But know this, no matter what happens in this world, Jesus Christ loves you, and he has He has an everlasting love for you. And we know that the Antichrist is working up a big deal with the Ten Horns, but guess what? God has something for you that's better than the Ten Horns. And we're going we're gonna to get into Daniel next week, but we're going to talk about the Ten Kings, okay, who, who received, who, and the Ten Kings who have received no kingdoms as yet. But we're going to talk about Daniel too. We're going to talk about the symbolic, the, the Ten as a symbolic number. We're going to talk about the kingdoms, okay, which shall rise out of the fourth great kingdom, because there's going to be ten European powers in the last time, and you're going to see how the Antichrist is going to get it, man. It's going to be radical. But this was the introduction today, man, and the introduction is 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 real, and God's in love with you. And you don't got to worry, man, because God's in love with you. Listen, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. God bless you guys. And you know what? Don't, don't ever worry because Jesus Christ is going to be there for you no matter what. Don't feel like you're alone because Jesus is always with you. Remember that. You may not see it now, but as he grows in you, he's shaping you, he's molding you, and he's showing you. God bless you guys and thank you for growing in his word.